been wrestling with purpose. What was I created for? I'm more than what you see on the surface. See beneath my skin and scars. I'm skinned and scarred. Marred and twisted. Scarred by the past I need to be lifted. And sometimes I question my own existence. What was I put here for? In my seams, it seems that there seems to be more. It's like I'm a light, unplugged from the socket. I mean, do I really exist to put money in my pocket? This nine to five feels like a nine to nine. My mind entwined, I pass the time. Life circles me as I wait. What is my estate? I feel like I was made for something great, and yet I can't quite put my finger on it. But when I look at my fingers and I see their design, I realize I'm one of a kind. And something created me. No, someone created me. And that someone made me for a reason. Even though it's clear the past years have been treason, I still sense this drawing, this calling, that even in the midst of my falling, there was someone who died to pick me up. Someone who rose to fix me up. Someone who's coming back to lift me up. And that someone is Jesus. See, God made me for a purpose. And when I delight in him, it's brought to the surface. I love that, making a difference. And that's one of our core values. In fact, it's not just one of our core values. It's where everything is pointing to. So we believe that the first thing of everything, our first core value is to know God. The second is to find freedom. The third is to discover your purpose. And number fourth is to make a difference. So as, as I was studying this week and preparing, I wanted to bump our video. So I was looking, I found this. I'm like, oh my gosh, this just ties in so much to who we are as a church and where we're going and what our goals are. And, and you'll see that as we're looking this morning, I want, I want us to focus a little bit on that making a difference. So everyone is making a difference. It's just not always positive. Or it may be positive, or it goes back and forth between there. But I want to just pause for a second. You guys remember the Capital One ads that have been going on for a while? You've seen them. It goes, what's in your wallet? And it goes through all the different things that there would be, you know, the different, you know, the Stone Age guys and just all the different ways. And, And they focused on it. Obviously, they're trying to get you to switch to Capital One. But that whole thing of now what's in your wallet and you you make fun of it and all that stuff. But I want us to kind of do a little bit of a twist on that this morning. Because may I suggest to you that all of us are carrying on us or around us a bucket. Now, I, I can't say a bucket without thinking of Morgan and thinking about her saying people asked her what church is like. And she's like, I don't really know how to explain it. You know, and then she walked out. She goes, I'm a bucket. That's what I learned in church today. I'm a bucket. But I'm going to suggest to you that we are carrying around a bucket. So we're not carrying around Morgan, but we're carrying around a bucket. And and what's inside of our bucket, and really the image that I got is like the stick going across the back, and there's one on either side. But as we walk through our days, the bucket kind of slings a little bit. And you see how some water splashes out and just sees that. And there's even though I put more water in it this time, it's just not working quite as well as I saw in my mind. But you see the point that what is in our bucket is splashing out onto those who are around us. So what is 
in there is getting on everyone around there. And, and the restaurant that I like to go eat at every day, my, my garden, my, my, uh, where I feel God has put intentionality, I, there's this, the list of all the um, rows of the tables and the booths and the high tops and everything. And, and often I'll be sitting alone and I'll just be watching everything. Even when I'm not alone, I'm still watching everything. And I'll see this. And it's funny because I'll see down the row sometimes, I'll see down the very end, they put the fake smile on to take the order. And they're, they're doing this thing and they're, they're doing it. And as soon as they take the order, they turn and their face turns to a frown and they're mad and they're going to put the order in and all this stuff. It's like, you don't really think that they see it. The table didn't see it, but everybody else sees it. But isn't that like us sometimes? We put on fake smiles for this or that or something else, and then we turn, and what's really inside of us is coming out. It kind of splashes. In fact, one of the waitresses there, she would get so upset. She'd come to me. She says, I don't understand. She goes, everybody mad at me. Everything doesn't work here. I'm just having such a bad day. Things are going really bad in my life, and I just can't just, it's all over. But she wasn't even trying to hide it. She wasn't even trying to put fake smiles on. She was just like, pooping over everybody she went on. She's like throwing up on her tables and literally people would sit down and she, they'd see her coming and like go to the hostess. Can I sit with somebody else? Because, you know, I, they don't even know who she is, but it's like she wasn't even fake. See, she was splashing off onto people. What was in her bucket was coming out and it got so bad with her that all of the waitresses all had an intervention and I kind of happened to be in the middle of it and, and they're like, you need to talk to Kevin and you need some Jesus in your life. And it was pretty significant how that whole thing went to. But isn't that the rest of us? Don't we have things that are splashing off onto others? Think about if you're in construction, if you work in construction, or maybe it's a hobby, you're working with hammers and nails, and, or maybe you're just hanging a, a picture on the wall, and, and you're using a hammer, and you hit the wrong nail, you know what I'm talking about? You hit, you hit this nail instead of the other one, and, and that, that thing that comes out of you, those words that come out of you, and you'll look and go, oh, that is not me. No, I don't know where that came from. Well, a pastor I served with years ago, he said, no, that really is you. And that what's inside of you when you hit your hand, when you hit your nail, the wrong nail, that that's really what's out of you because what you put inside of you is what comes out of you. So what's in your bucket is going to come out of you. It's going to come out and it's going to splash out on everyone around you, even when you think there's something else. In the Bible, we see in Luke chapter 6, verse 43, Jesus is talking. He says, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. He goes on to say, a tree is identified by its fruit. Isn't that true? We don't go up to the, this tree that's got these orange things that are just hanging down here and go, oh, that's an apple. No, we know that's an orange tree. It's got red fruit hanging down where you don't go, oh, those are bananas. I mean, we know it's all identified by the fruit. That's like basic, you know, kindergarten kind of stuff. But he's putting a point here in the message Bible says, you don't get wormy apples off of a healthy tree, nor do you get good apples off a diseased tree. The health of the apple tells the health of the tree. Can I suggest to you, the health of what comes outside of your bucket when the splashes come out shows what's inside of you. You must begin with your own life-giving lives. It is who you are. It is not who you say or do that counts. Your true being brims over 
into true words and deeds, brims over, comes out of your bucket, what comes out. Goes on to say in Luke 6, 45, it says, what you say flows from what's in your heart. What's in your bucket is what comes out. Well, this is what's inside of your heart. And, and we're kind of belaboring this a little bit, and Jesus is talking in all these different places the same message. It says in Matthew seven sixteen, you can identify them by their fruits. He's talking about the people in your life. People that are trying to rob, kill, and destroy from you. They're trying to get you down. They're trying to bring you down. It's just like all these things are going on. You can tell them by what's going on. When they're splashing on you, you can tell what's going on. The same thing for us. It says in the NASB, it says you'll know them, those people, by their fruits. It continues on. Can you pick up grapes? Pick grapes from a thorn bush or figs from thistles? A good tree, he says it again, produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Jesus really wants us to get this concept because he's saying it from all these different places, all these different points in time. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Matthew 12 says, if you grow a healthy tree, you pick healthy fruit. I'm going somewhere with this. So be patient with me as I'm just like really hammering this nail over and over again. No pun intended. The fruit tells you about the tree. I had a friend who used to serve with me in church and I was doing some work in in, in her parents' house and she was coming down the stairway and she caught her little piggy toe on one of the banister things. And how many of you had, had hit your toe and it just like kind of goes this way and that hurts worse than anything else and just me saying that you're probably cringing like oh i remember when that happened last and and it happened to her coming down the steps and she yelled out this word that starts with the letter s and i start laughing i think it's funny she goes why are you laughing she goes what what why did you say why are you laughing i'm like because what you said she goes i said shoot I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. She goes, I don't know why you're trying to have this bad image of me because I said, shoot. Da, da, da. She got mad at me like, whatever. But isn't that like us? I mean, what is really when something happens and it hurts us and it, it's just, it's, it hurts. Everybody has that pinky toe that's caught on the corner or something. But I have to confess to you this morning that I am not perfect either. And where I would like to think that I've got it all under control. I don't. And there was a time at church when I was in Florida and the confession is good for the soul. So, you know, I'm going to confess my sins before you guys this morning. I'm sorry, mom, watching on the stream. But I'm working in the kids' room and, and I've got this big 12-foot ladder that extends up to 24 feet and I'm working on it. And they, you know how they slide together like this? And, and as I'm pushing it up, it slides down and it pinches my finger. It ends up hitting me in the head. It falls down. It's this big crash, boom. And I yelled out at the top of my lungs a word that I will never say in church, although I said it in church that day. And I'm like mortified because my son Andrew is a teenager. He's in the other room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you heard me say that word, I don't want my kids to ever hear me say a bad word because I try not to ever say a bad word. And as I'm saying this, this bad word, just like, ah! Because what was inside of me came out. I don't say that very often, but it came out. I still have my headphones from playing keyboards. I'm like, what's dragging around me? You see, we're not any of us exempt from hitting the wrong nail, 
fact, James chapter 3 says, indeed, we all make mistakes. So this should probably be my scripture, and I said in the first service that this should probably be on my tombstone someday, that we all make many mistakes, because this is talking about me. This may, probably isn't talking about you, but it's talking about me. But if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Now, the way I get messages, and I know everyone is different, but the way I get them is it's usually a download, and, and I'll get like the scriptures, and I'll get the concept, and I'll just stop what I'm doing to write it all down in, in my phone and on my iPad, and then I'll develop it later, or I'll see a picture, or I'll get this or that or something else, but usually it's the, the whole concept, and I'll get it all in like the course of like 10 minutes. This week, it wasn't the scriptures, it was the bucket. I saw the bucket, and I saw it on my shoulders, and I saw how we just walk around, and it splashes, and it just gets all around us, and it goes onto everybody around us. They get wet, and I, and I firmly am convinced I'm probably going to have my pants are soaking wet by the time of this message because of it splashing out, but that's what happens with us. As I went and started finding the scriptures that kind of just fills in the gaps with this, because I'm not going to just stand up here and tell you stories. I'm going to use the scriptures. I came across the the scripture. And the more I studied it, the more I started looking at it, it really started impacting me. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect or complete, or we've arrived in it, and we finally got it all settled up, and we could also control ourselves in every way. But now think about the tongue. God created the heavens and the earth by speaking. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let the water separate so the dry ground is over here and the oceans are over here, and it happened. God set in motion, just like the law of gravity, the law of the spoken word. So what we speak is what's going into our buckets. What we speak is what is coming into our lives. And what we comes out of our mouth is what's coming in that's going to go around all of us. But if we could control that, when we reach the point we can control that, then we've conquered every other thing. So this is what I saw. I saw that the last frontier for self-control is, drumroll, what we say. And what we say is what is feeling in our buckets. It's the water that you see coming out of this. But can you tell anything about that water when it's splashing out? You can't. You just see that it's coming out and it's getting splashed. But it goes on to talk about in James chapter 3. It says, sometimes our tongue praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes you come to church and you're like, okay, Jesus, I love you. You're great. It's wonderful. And, you know, I'm having a great day or I'm not having a good day, but I'm still in church. So I know in church I'm supposed to say thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah, and other Christian kind of words and those things. And sometimes it curses. Those have been made in the very image of God. See, in another place in the Bible, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means no matter what struggle you've got going on, it is not the flesh and blood. It's not the person you see standing there. And yet, sometimes we can get upset and curse those people who are created in the very image of God. Huh. It doesn't get better. 
Verse 10. So blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. I can look at myself, and again, I will say that this message is just for me. You guys just get to kind of be here and watch, and you just kind of get it, and you know, just take whatever you can with it. But sometimes what comes out of my mouth isn't necessarily what I should have coming out of my mouth. And, and the things that God is, is leading me in is like, hey, that's not what I want, because surely this is not right. Verse 11, does a spring of water bubble up? both fresh and bitter water. When you go to a water fountain and you turn it on, is it sometimes salt water? Or the non-potable water, the stuff you're not supposed to drink, and then sometimes it's good water? No, it's what's coming through that pipe. It's all got to be the same. We shouldn't be the same way. It says at the end of verse 12, no, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. See, there shouldn't be both bitter water and pure water that's coming out. But won't they look the same? When they're splashing out, aren't they going to look the same? Could you tell if that was salt water or if that was regular water? You can't. But I ask you this morning, what's in your bucket? What's in my bucket? James goes on in another place. It says, chapter 1, verse 20, goes, human anger does not produce The righteousness that God desires. So my human anger that I'm putting inside that bucket, that I'm going to spew out on other people around when I have anger problems, that's not what God is desiring from us. I was driving yesterday over to the church to prepare my message, and we were working on some stuff. We're cleaning up some stuff and doing little projects at the church. And I stopped at Subway, and I backed in the the little parking spot, and I was leaving. I, I just edged out just a little bit and this car was zooming by and I you know slammed my brakes it was not even close or anything like that a crash I mean I just barely moved inches but somehow that really made that guy upset he got mad he was telling me I was number one he's flailing his hands all around he was like well I have his windows are closed my windows closed I don't hear what he's saying but he was upset with me okay and he zoomed on by and I'm like goodness gracious but that's been me I've seen people cut me off on one of the interstates or some of the things. Again, Mom, I'm sorry. And, you know, I got really mad, and I never flipped anybody off, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. And, but I've gotten really mad at them, and, and it's like I want to press that accelerator. I don't want to pull up behind them. I, don't want to I get those things. But human anger, it doesn't produce. It's not putting in my bucket what God desires in my life. Verse 21. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts for it God's word has the power to save your souls now I highlighted several things we have to get rid of we have to make a choice not to have the salty water and just have the clear water. We don't have to be salty. We can be nice. We can be sweet. And humbly accept the word. See, it's not enough just to come to church and listen and go, okay, I was at church and that's good. I'm done. Now I can just go do my life. No, I have to actually humbly accept the word that God has planted. And where God plants it in there, it's like, oh, I want to work on this. 
He says, hey, I want to, how about we change this thing? How about we don't do that? And that has the power to change your souls. That's not saying, am I going to go to heaven or am I not going to heaven? That is our day-to-day walking out of what we're putting into our bucket. When we're walking through life and we splash out onto everybody around us, what is that? It goes on to say, verse 22, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. And we looked at for for several weeks a a whole thing of who do you want to be? And when you look at yourself in the mirror, is that who you want to be? Or are you just kind of ignoring what you see and just kind of still living your life? And you got to plan this whole thing. He's talking about that same exact thing. Is it like glancing in a mirror? You see yourself and you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. So God's word, when you read God's word, you join in with us and you read through the one-year Bible every day. Just, you can go on our app. You can get the, the actual Bible you can hold in your hands. You can do it a hundred different ways. You look carefully into God's word that sets you free. And if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, and then God will bless you for doing it. But I underlined, then God. See, it's dependent upon doing all the other stuff. I've got to look carefully. I've got to do what it says. And I've, not, I've got to not forget what I heard. Write notes when God's speaking to you. But, but here's the cool thing that really jumped out at me. It says, when you're coming to church, don't just hear it and forget about it. But do it. Then God will bless you. But what you heard isn't me. I'm not talking about my words. I'm not talking about the things that I'm telling you, although I'm the message point. I'm the messenger. I'm the the mouthpiece that God uses here. What I'm talking about is God speaking inside of you. It is the message that you're hearing from God. It's my words, but my prayer every single time for the service is that you hear God. You don't hear me. In fact, there's a pastor that talked about when he first started um, preaching and, and having ministry, that at the end of the service, he would stand at the door and he would greet everyone as they're walking out. It's good to see you. And people would often say, Pastor, I really enjoyed that part in your message. And they go on to talk about it. And he'd like, that wasn't in my notes. I didn't say that. Were you even listening to me? And then he came to this realization that though he's given the words that God gave him, It is God who's speaking. So even as I'm saying these words, as I'm reading these scriptures, I'm giving highlights, I'm pointing things that are out here, it is God that's going to this on your heart and saying, hey, yeah, you know that place you need to fix. I don't know those places in your heart that you need to be fixed. I can barely fix myself. I can't. I'm working on it. I can't help anybody else. I can only tell you what the word of God says. Look carefully. Read the one your Bible, change who we are, and then God will bless you. See, it wasn't isn't what I'm saying. It's what you're hearing from God that will change your life. So how does this really apply? And, and this is another thing we looked at last year, but you're gonna hear this over and over again because it's so amazing. 
what we're putting in our bucket, what we're starting, how we're making changes in our life, start with, number one, our thoughts. So if you sow a thought, you reap an action. So when you read God's word and he tells you something, you're like, okay, I got to change the way I think a little bit about that. I I don't really understand that. or I'm really not sure about that. But okay, I'm going to trust you, God. And I'm going to sow that thought. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to change this. And what happens is you change how you act. So you sow a thought, you reap an action. Then you continue on in that and you sow that action. You keep doing that action of what God told you to do. And then you reap a habit. And then you keep going and you sow that habit. So you keep going at that same thing. God say, hey, I want you to change this. You keep working on changing that. And you sow a habit. Then you reap a lifestyle. And see what happened is I'm going this way and I change my thoughts and I start this realignment. And by the time I create a lifestyle, I'm going this way. And then when I sow a lifestyle, now I reap my destiny. God says, I have great plans for you, but they're not always going the direction that I'm going. So how I change from the direction that I'm going that God's like, hey, I don't really want that. Where that's going, I don't want for you, is really where we sow that thought. We start reading God's word. We start doing this thing. Okay, I'm going to take action on that. And then that action turns into a habit. I'm going to do it again and again and again. And, and then that habit turns into a lifestyle. And now I've totally turned around and I'm going a different direction. And now I'm going to realize the destiny that God has for me says it like this in Philippians 4, 8. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. In other words, you have to take action on this. The same thing I said as sowing a thought. You have to fix your thoughts. And he tells you on what? What is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Just saying all those words puts a smile on my face, doesn't it you? Just thinking about thinking about those things and putting those things in my thoughts, just fixing my thoughts, taking an action to my thoughts to that on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And it says the same thing, verse 9. Keep putting into practice. You don't just do it one time. You don't just show up to church four times like, okay, I got this whole thing of Christianity. I got it all under control. I'm done. No, I have to keep putting it into practice. Those things that God says, hey, I want you to change this. Then I start changing those things and I keep putting into practice. Then the God of peace will be with you. See, then is continued from that. It's contingent upon doing these other things. People say, hey, I don't understand. You know, why isn't God giving me peace in this situation? And someone else has peace in that situation, but I don't have peace in that situation. Are you putting into practice the things he told you to do? What's in your bucket? When you get squeezed... What's coming out? We're making a difference in our world. We're splashing on everybody. But what's coming out? But what are you putting in? Is it God's word? Is it the messages? Is it reading through the one your Bible or however 
your reading plan is? Is it the messages that you're getting from church that you're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really take that step and I'm going to keep putting it into practice? Where are your thoughts? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? This morning, where do you find yourself? What's in your bucket? What comes out of you when you get squeezed? So wherever you're listening to us this morning or watching, whether it's a live stream or you can watch the video on YouTube later, our online church, or you listen to our podcast, or you're here in this room. Where are you with God? See, the first step of making this sowing and thought comes from beginning a new relationship with Christ. The first step in the path of following Him is accepting Him. Even as we looked at last week, you don't have to understand it all. But it is about making a conscious decision, fixing your thoughts on Him. So if that's you this morning and today's your day, say, I've been, I've been thinking about this for a long time and I'm finally ready to make that decision. Or maybe you made that decision before and you want to come back to God. You'd say, I'm actually pretty far from God if I was honest. You simply just have to talk to God like you're talking to a friend. But I have words that help you with the prayer. It's between you and God. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. We're not going to invite anybody up here. None of that stuff. This is private between you and Him. But if that's you today, I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life forgive me. I give you my life, my hopes, my future. I surrender it all to you. I come just as I am. I choose to follow you. I trust in you to reveal to me every step from today forward and the best way I know how I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer with us this morning. Lord, whether it's the first time or it's another time. Lord, and I pray for every one of us as well that we're all challenged by this message, starting with me. What's in my bucket? What am I putting in there that is coming out on those people around me. Lord, I pray that they will see you. They will see your word. That they will see your love in me. Lord, that you continue to help me to remove all the filth and the evil. So the only thing in my bucket is clean water. Lord, I pray that for every one of us that we all walk exactly as you would have us. I give you all of this today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.